Welcome to Old Walls House. It's me. It's your man. It's your main man. It's Old Walls. And I'm back with you. Episode number 5-0. Somebody call the phone. Episode 50 of Old Walls House here. I'd like to welcome you guys all back, and I'd like to thank you all. I'd like to thank you all for your continued support. I appreciate it. I'm having a blast, as I say every other week. Love you guys all for listening and tuning in and sharing. And you guys know the deal. I'm going to talk about that housekeeping. If you guys could, if you could please, rate, review, comment, subscribe, share. And right now, if you guys share and tag me on social media, you get entered into the t-shirt giveaway. You can get an entry every week. So, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, share it. And then just tag me, and you get entered. I'll give away a proportionate number of shirts. A proportionate number of shirts to however many entries I have. All right, got a fun show. Gonna start the show with my top five Christmas movies in order. I'm gonna rank them out for you. Top five Christmas movies from Old Walls coming your way to start the show. We got NFL to talk about. We got Packers on Monday Night Football, so they're going to be the Monday Night Football addendum. Flyers update, you know, those are always fun. We got some college basketball to talk about. The Heels got to win. Quick fight game in college football. And then, as always, guys, you know, my passing thoughts. They're coming. They're coming in hot this week, too. So, without any further ado, let's dive in. Now, time. For the definitive Old Walls House Top 5 Christmas Movies in the History of the World. Keep in mind, this is my list and my list alone. I do not care about your opinions of what is and what is not a Christmas movie. Christmas movies are decided by me and me alone. These are all obviously Christmas movies. May have given you guys a hint on something there, but who cares? All right. I'm going to do a top five. We're going to go five down to one. I'll even let you hear about some honorable mentions. All righty, here we go. Kicking off the list, number five, The Santa Claus. Released in 1994, The Santa Claus is a tale of how Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus. Spoiler alert. I love this movie. I always liked this movie as a kid. A lot of funny stuff. Still holds up as an adult. Tim Allen's good in it. Judge Reinhold has a great character. What's his character's name? I can't think of it. But he's so funny as the the new husband, and he's the therapist. He's always trying to talk to Tim, and they're always trying to figure out. He's like a good bad guy. Like As a kid, you're like, God, this guy's a dick. As an adult, you're kind of like, this is funny, and he might not be that off base. Neil, that's right. Dr. Neil Miller. Good 1994 for Reinhold. Sergeant William Rosebud. In, sorry, Rosebud. Rosewood in Beverly Hills Cop 3. Sergeant. I forgot he became a sergeant. I haven't seen Beverly Hills Cop 3 in a long time. Was that one any good? 
11% on Rotten Tomatoes, so eh, maybe not. Rotten Tomatoes didn't used to suck so much back then. So yeah, number five, The Santa Claus. Coming in at number four, Elf. Will Ferrell in Elf. Will Ferrell just on an absolute heater at the time. This is November of 23 release date. What a great cast the rest of this is. James Caan, Zoe Deschanel, Bob Newhart, I think, is the elf. Who else? Is it? Peter Dinklage has a little mit, little part in it. Directed by John Favreau, who is a fantastic director. Will Ferrell just absolutely smashing it at this point. He has an absolute run he's on here. So he's in Zoolander in 01. Old School in Elf in 03. Starsky and Hutch in 04. Anchorman in 04. Wedding Crashers, the little cameo in 05. Talladega Nights, 06. Semi-Pro and Step Brothers in 08. Other Guys in 2010. Does Anchorman 2 in 2013. But 01 to 2010, just absolutely massacring it. Great movie. Fun movie. I know some people hate it. I don't. I love it. Number three. Number three. An absolute classic. Home Alone. Home Alone is just a fantastic movie. And I told you guys I was going to have a hot take related to Home Alone. I don't know if I said that last week or a couple weeks ago. Because... I'm going to get right to my hot take because my number two Christmas movie, Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. And here's why. Everything Home Alone does, Home Alone 2 does better. It just it just brings up, just brings it up a notch. It takes all the quirks to another level. New York, the house he's in, under his the under construction. You get Tim Curry. You get what's oh why can't I think of the other little guy's name that works at the hotel? I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. Bear with me. Bear with me. He's always asking from for a tip. Rob Schneider. How could I forget Rob Schneider's name? Jeez. But yeah, everything about Home Alone Two is just better. Couple of my favorite things. Harry, I've reached the top, and then the brick scene when. Macaulay Culkin is chucking bricks off the top of the building, down, and just just smoking them. Oh, what a great scene. The fireworks in the in the park to set it off. They're not the wet bandits anymore. We're the sticky bandits. What a great movie. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, is superior in almost every way. I know. That might be that might be a little much. But I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. I, I think it's I think it's more fun. I don't know. I just love the end. The brick scene. The brick scene is, is one of the things. And Harry, I've reached the top. I don't know. I say that at least three times a week. Harry, I've reached the top. Oh, I love it. Let me give you before we get to number one, let me give you some of my some of my honorable mentions. In the Are They Really Christmas movie movies? And the answer is yes. Die Hard 2, Lethal Weapon, Rocky 4, all great. In kind of a, a little bit more of the classics. 
I don't know if classics is the right term, but they've got a more classical, you know, storyline to them. Christmas Vacation, Love Actually, The Holiday, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, both the original animated and the new Jim Carrey one. I mean, it's not even new. It's like 20 years old now. And then kind of the new age, the new age Christmas movies. Office Christmas Party, that's a good one. Don't don't sleep on Office Christmas Party. Four Christmases, one of my favorite movies, period. We've talked about that in the past. Vince Vaughn is on an all-time run when he does that. And Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Don't forget about Jingle All the Way. If you haven't seen it in a while, check it out. It's still, uh, it's still pretty funny. Dumb, but funny. And finally, in our number one spot, drum roll please. If you don't know the answer to this, you're an idiot. It's Die Hard. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Die Hard is the best Christmas movie there is. Anybody who debates that is a clown. It's a great movie. It's a great Christmas movie. Alan Rickman is a fantastic, fantastic villain. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. I can't do an Alan Rickman impression, as you can see. But what a great movie Die Hard is. Really, really changed the game. Put put Bruce Willis into like kind of the next level. He goes Die Hard, does Die Hard 2, Last Boy Scout, Pulp Fiction a couple years after that, Die Hard with a Vengeance, 12 Monkeys, The Fifth Element, Armageddon, all from 89 to 98. Just, just really, and then Six Sense and 99. Just really, just, just killing it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the definitive ranking of Christmas movies by your main man, Ole Walls. NFL Week 15, almost in the books. We're uh, about 20, 30 minutes, about 30, 35 minutes from kickoff now. In the Packers-Rams game on Monday night, your main man, Ole Walls, is getting ready for it. Let's recap. We're not just going to recap Sunday this week. We're going to recap Saturday as well because we had Saturday NFL football. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We get two days of NFL football this time of the year. How can anyone complain about that? So, Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings. After a frequent guest of the uh, the program, Ethan E. Sexton sent a message and said, Is this the worst 10-2 and two team ever? Down 33 to nothing? They say, Hold on, E. We're going to come all the way back. All the way back. Down 33 to nothing at halftime. The Vikings, they make a comeback. They say, We may be the worst 10-2 and two team ever, but we're not going to lose 33 to nothing. We're going to make the biggest comeback in NFL history happen. And holy moly, they did it. It was pretty wild. Pretty wild game. <clears throat> it was uh, caught the... I mean, I wasn't even paying attention. I just kind of threw it on because I'd missed like the first half. And then I'm I'm home. I'm watching it. And I'm just like, holy crap. This, like, things just keep happening. Like, that's, like, that's what happened. Like, it's one of those moments where it's like things just keep happening. Like one little break here, one little break there. And then it just, it never stops. It never stops. And now, 
The Colts also went for it on fourth and one. I mean, what are you going to do? Jeff Saturday's trying to win some football games. I don't think he's coming back next year now. And then Dalvin Cook scores on the screen pass the very next play. They'd gotten robbed not too long before that. They had a scoop and score, and they called him down. So, you know, tough uh, Matt Ryan, tough spot. Now is been the, the losing quarterback in the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history and then this the biggest comeback in NFL history. I believe it. this is the biggest comeback. I think 32 was the previous record. The Bills, I think in the playoffs, playoffs, with Frank Reich at quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. So, so there's that. Uh, Ravens also lost on Saturday. They really need uh, Lamar Jackson back. Justin Tucker missed two field goals. Missed one and had one blocked. Be interested to know when that last happened. Maybe I can look that up. I do have a computer in front of me. When was the last time Justin Tucker missed two field goals? This is oddly specific for, for Twitter. He's only missed 34 in his career. Let's see if we can figure this out quickly. I mean, he only missed two field goals all of last year. Wow. That's incredible. He averages three misses a year. Incredible. I wonder if he could tell us. He missed seven in 2015. Maybe that will tell us. Oh, God. He did miss two in Sunday 11-22 against St. Louis. I wonder if that was the last time. I'm not going through this whole thing. So, he missed two field goals. There's that. Bills. The Bills get a big win. That's the snowfalls in Buffalo. They'd already got a bunch of snow. Big pass interference call with about 45 seconds left. Got the Colts. Uh, got the Colts. Got the Bills down to the goal line. I, I don't know if this is true, but I saw Tua has never had never played a game in freezing weather until that. So big win for the Bills. They give themselves some distance over the Dolphins. That gives them a pretty much commanding lead on their division. Hard to imagine they don't pull that division now. 11 three game three whole games. They're eleven and three. Dolphins are eight and six. The Patriots, we'll get to them, and the Jets are seven and seven. So, yeah, they've got a pretty commanding lead there. They also have the lead in the AFC altogether. They have the first round bye at this point. A lot can still happen in the AFC between them and the Chiefs and also the Bengals. Getting to the Bengals later, too. But let's move to Sunday. The Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys... Drop a game to the Jags. Had them in my, I had the Jags in my underdog parlay that got torpedoed because of a team that uh, previously mentioned. We'll, we'll mention again. <clears throat> they ended up still clinching a playoff spot. I don't exactly. It must have been because the Commanders lost. I don't know. Troublesome, you could say, for the Cowboys. OT loss. Pick six ends it. Last week. Struggled with the Texans. Now the Texans gave the Chiefs trouble this week too. But a loss followed by struggling with the Texans. 
a little worry maybe. Maybe a little something to worry about. You never know. Something to consider. Something to consider. They head to Philly next week. More Saturday football. Sunday being Christmas. We get three day, three games on Christmas. Possibly no Jalen Hurts, though. Could we get the both matchups with the flip-flop of backups? Backups for the Cowboys early in the season. Backup for the Eagles late in the season. I saw there is a, quote, very real chance, end quote. Oh, sorry. Very real chance Gardner Minshew, end quote. No, that was, I still fucked it up. It's, quote, very real chance Gardner Minshew could play, end quote. There we go. Now I'm not an idiot. So, yeah. So, that would be interesting. But, yeah, maybe a little uh, maybe a little danger zone for the Cowboys. Are they worried? The Eagles can clinch their division with a win on Saturday. They also have a three-game lead. They would have to do a lot to to lose the division to the Cowboys. I wouldn't even know how that would work. They'd have to lose out. Cowboys would have to win out. I don't know where the tiebreaker would be. If they win, it's a moot point. We mentioned the Chiefs. We mentioned the Eagles. They kind of survived the Bears. The Bears hung around and gave them a game. More of a game than I think they wanted. But, you know, that's the way it goes. They've they've won. They've won 13 times this year. Only lost once. Chiefs survive an OT <clears throat> against the Texans. As I mentioned, that's the second straight kind of crazy game for the Chiefs. Let the Broncos back into it a couple weeks ago. Just something to keep an eye on with the Chiefs and Cowboys. It's the NFL, so those games happen. But a little bit of a trend starting for both teams. Just something to something to keep your eye on. Big win for the Lions, who get back to 500. They have won six of their last seven games. They were one and six. They were one and six, ladies and gentlemen. Then they beat the Packers, and they said, let's ride, baby. Not Broncos country, let's ride. Lions country, let's ride, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Jared Goff, fourth and one, about two minutes left. He hit. What was this dude's name? Brock Wright. I saw I saw it, and I don't, still don't know the dude's name. Brock Wright. Six of the last seven from the Lions. They got a real shot to make the playoffs. Playoffs. I believe they're the second team out. They have my app says they're behind the Seahawks. They got a good schedule coming home, too. So something to keep an eye on. Can the Lions get themselves back to the playoffs? Chargers get a good win. And then let's talk about these afternoon games. So I had a big parlay. Big parlay. $20 to win $1,400. I had Steelers, Jags, Patriots, Bucks, Giants. Steelers, Jags went early. So now I've got Bucks, Pats. I'm like, I'm riding underdog Brady and Belichick. Okay, just win, boys. The Bucks get out. To a 17 to nothing first half lead. With 11.46 remaining in the fourth quarter. Thank you, Andrew Siciliano, for the stat. The Bucks had turned the ball over five times in the half. They finished with that. Five times. 
Five times. Just absolute implosion from the Bucks in the second half. The crazy thing? They're still leading their division. They're leading by all game still. Panthers, Saints, Falcons, all five and nine. Bucks at six and eight. Lead the division. Oofta, 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 oofta. Patriots. What are we doing? Can you imagine had the Bucks won and then this was the way my parlay goes down is the way the Patriots lose? They're tied. And I know, like, it's there's no reason to believe me. But guys, trust me. This is what happened. I'm sitting on my floor of my living room. I've come up from my basement. I've just had dinner. I come back. I'm sitting on the floor, screwing around with my dog, tossing a ball with him or a bone. I don't even know. And I look up. And the game is tied. And the Patriots, I see the I see the first dude set himself up to lateral. And I'm like, what? Why? What are we doing? The game's tied. And before I can even like get tied, like I'm, I'm literally saying out loud, I go, "What are we doing? The game's tied." And next thing you know, the long pass is in the air, and I'm like, "Uh oh, that's bad." And there's Chandler Jones. Just here we go. I'm open, coach. And he gets it, and he takes it to the house. I don't know that I saw anything. I didn't. I didn't keep up on the Twitter sphere too good last night and today. Did Bill Belichick fire that guy? Did Did he ride the plane back? Did any Patriots get cut last night? Did any Patriots get cut? Why did? First of all, my Google asked why. Well, I said, did any Patriots get cut? It's pre. It's like pre fill suggestion was in half. So that's pretty weird. December 10th, no. I would have to imagine be up there. Jacoby Myers, I thought thought he saw an open Mac Jones on the final book. I was trying to be the hero, I guess. Don't no shit. I guess he's not gonna cut Jacoby Myers. So there's that. Wow was that that was one of the oh, talk about ways to lose. That is an ultimate way to lose. Good Lord. So, yeah, so we got Rams, Cowboys, uh, yeah, Cowboys, Rams, Packers tonight up in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Walked my dog this afternoon. It's fucking cold out down here. It's going to be cold in Green Bay tonight. Cold. Packers still alive somehow. They can win out, and then I think now... The Commanders have to lose out, and the Seahawks need to lose one more time. Oh, who knows? Fantasy football. <clears throat> I had a bye and won in one of my in one of my leagues. I was victorious in my Yahoo league. That's might be my best team. Victorious won by forty three points, going up against a team that's been a real juggernaut this year. They scored, uh, I, I scored the third most points in the league, and the team that scored the second most points in the league has scored 100 more points than me, so they're solid. Other league I'm decent in, 
I believe I lost. Yep, I'm going to lose my final regular season matchup. And I will head to the... Oh, gosh, will I head to the playoffs? I'm in a tie for third. Technically fourth by the score. I don't know if I'm going to make the playoffs. There are three teams. What? How? I don't even know how the playoffs work in this league. Six teams. There are three teams at seven and seven below me. I'm going to need at least one of them to lose. Did any of the ones I needed to lose lose? Oh, that one won. Okay, they beat the fifth place team. Beat the seventh place team. So I'm going to make the playoffs. So there's that. And then in my worst league, I've put in the best performance in the consolation playoffs I've had done in weeks. Weeks. And I still might lose. Who, who's this? Uh, Big E. Big E Sexton. Not in group chat. He's got the Packers defense going tonight. Ah, I'm pretty safe then. They suck. All righty. Let, uh, let's see what the Packers can do here tonight. We'll, we'll be back with reactions right after this. Okay, Monday Night Football addendum. The Packers win 24-12. They control it for the last 8 minutes and 51 seconds of the game to keep their 12% playoff chances alive. They go to 6 and 8. Still need a lot of help. I believe the Commanders have to lose every game left on their schedule. That uh, can they win one? The Commanders can win one. The Giants need to lose every game. Maybe. Holy shit! Was Aikman just smoking a doobie? Aikman's eyes are blood red right now on the post game. Holy shnikes! But you know, good things and bad things from the pack. Uh, Packers kind of had a wasted first drive. They, they, there was a probably should have been a PI call in the end zone on Watson. They, they kind of hugged him. D line was getting after it a little bit tonight. I know the, like, let's take it in context. The Rams' offensive line's pretty beat up. AJ Dillon looked good in the first half. Was really running the rock. He, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. He left the game with a concussion possibility. I mean, we also have to keep in, you know, we got to remember it was Baker Mayfield. And he went like 11 of 22 for 111 yards or 12 of 21, one of, something like that. Wow. Packers eight and one in the last nine games versus Rams. Ooh. You know, a thing that's really been a game changer for the Packers is Nixon returning punts and kicks, just a totally different energy energy. I wrote down, Two different times, Nixon. Nixon returning punks and kicks is totally different. And then I wrote a couple things later. Nixon again. Packers also came out out of the, out of the halftime break, scored a touchdown. Got to stop, scored another touchdown. So that, that was it, really. I mean, they scored 14 points in the third to really put this thing away. It was 10-6 at half. They scored 14 in the third. Rams only score one. They missed the missed the extra point. That was that was where the game was really decided. Could have gone for them putting it away. They they had a point in the let me 
with 11.53. Yeah, was it 11.53 or was that 11.53 to go with the Douglas interception? There was a play in the fourth quarter where they had three drives in a row where they'd started from inside. Yeah, it was right after the Douglas interception. So right after the Douglas interception that he decided to start fucking throwing laterals around like he was playing for the Patriots. They had three drives in a row that started inside of Rams territory, and they only came away with seven points. There was a punt and a fumble. Like, good teams don't do that. Obviously, this Packers team isn't a good team, but, you know. Rodgers had a really bad interception early in the game. Lazard kind of stopped on a route. Like, he saw the coverage over top, and he kind of stopped on it. Then Rodgers just whipped it over top. So, you know, that wasn't great. Anything else here? I'm just looking over my notes here. I don't really see much else. I mean, it was a team they should have beat. The Rams are bad, especially this iteration of them late in the season. No Stafford, no Cooper Cup. This is only Mayfield's second week with the team. This is a game they should have won. And... If you just imagine if the Packers were seven and seven right now, instead of being six and eight, just seven and seven, they'd be in control of their own destiny. But instead, we leave it up to the football gods. Let's just walk through some of the losses. 40 33 loss against the Eagles. Eh, nothing. Nothing much to that that one happens. 27 17 loss against the Titans. That one felt a little weird because they were coming off that Cowboys win. 15-9 loss against the Lions. That was bad. The stretch where they lost four in a row. They lose to the Giants in London. They choked that one away. It kind of pushed around at home against the Jets. Blow the game against the Commanders. Where they take a a 14-10 lead in the halftime. Don't convert that. Just one one win of those. Just one of those. One win from the Giants, Commanders, or Lions. And they're in they're in charge of their own destiny. Now they're they're hoping on just a miracle. So who knows? Who knows? Ooh, quick thing I thought I, I saw that was pretty funny. Rams don't have a first round pick this year. It's going to the Lions. The seven and seven Lions are in line to get the Rams fifth overall pick. The last time the Rams had a first-round pick, they took Jared Goff in 2016. I don't believe they're projected to have one in 2020. Are they projected to have one in 2024? Whatever. Either way, they're going at least seven years without a pick. Crazy. Crazy. All right. That's all for, uh, for football. All right, Flyers fans, good news. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. We don't get good news. So, a couple of things before we get to results. Mr. Uh, Mr. Sedlak, he said, I'm sick of it. Me and He-Man, we out. He was just sick of it. He's heading back to Czechoslovakia. He's had enough of playing in the NHL. He's heading home, he said. So, just another, you know, good thing. Speaking of other players who won't be playing uh, this year at all, Cam Atkinson, someone who we thought was coming back kind of recently, turns out no. Uh, he's going to be out for the entire year now. I believe they said sh- back. 
back issue. Let me let me double check that. I'll circle back. So yeah, so uh, a couple of good uh, you know good things happening right off the top. Um, a, a week of you know the huge one and two lose to the Avs three two on Tuesday. You know hung around in that game <clears throat> and then get a win over the Devs. The Devils they've been sliding a little bit though. Neck surgery, Cam Atkinson. Neck surgery. Hope to get him right for next season, is a quote. Yikes. But yeah, then they get a 2-1 win over the Devs. They are sliding a little bit. They're 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. So that's 4-6 for uh, for normal people. And then the Rangers, just 6-3. Oh, a shorthanded one in there, obviously. But even even got off the even got off first, scored first in that game. And then three Rangers goals in a row. So, you know, that's, that's the way she goes. Sometimes the way the cookie crumbles this week, this week, tomorrow, Tuesday, tomorrow, as I'm recording today, as some of you are listening, or maybe yesterday, as some of you are listening, but Tuesday flyers, blue jackets, that's a winnable game, folks, guys, that's a winnable game. The blue jackets are the only team worse in the division than the Flyers. They are 10, 18, and 2. They're worse than the Flyers. We got to win that one. Got to win that one. Also, next week, Thursday, 1 p.m. game. What is Thursday the 22nd? Is that some Canadian holiday? Is it, I, I probably should have looked before. Because there is a 1 o'clock game. Forefathers Day, the anniversary of the first pilgrims landing on the shores of North America is twelve twenty-two. Interesting. I don't know why. So, anyway, they're playing a Thursday game at one on Thursday, December twenty-second, and I don't know why. Now I've got to try and figure it out. Christmas on Sunday, Boxing. Yeah, Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. I'm looking at Canadian holidays right now. No, nope. nothing. I don't know. Either way, Flyers play at one that day, uh, playing the Maple Leafs. So that'll be a little little afternoon hockey. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but the problem is the Leafs are a good team. And then Friday to finish out the slate before we talk next and before the Christmas break for the NHL, uh, Flyers head to Carolina to take on the Hurricanes, who are second in the division as well. They also are a good team. They are uh, 19, 6, and 6. So, well, Boomer's getting restless down here, so I think he's had enough Flyers talk for this uh, this pod. You know what? I'm out of things to say anyway on the Flyers, so let's move on. Let's talk some hoops. The heels. The Tar Heels. They got a win, baby. Actually, two wins since we poked last, but a win that mattered. Probably their best win of the year, I would have to think. Let me double-check back the... The schedule, yeah, 100% their best win. Unless seeing how the best win before that was probably James Madison. Maybe Gardner Webb. So, yeah, the Heels take down the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Buckeyes were ranked 23rd. So, first ranked win of the year. And it was a hell of a game. I might have to lay off Pete Nance just a little bit because he hit that beautiful fallaway jumper. Ball comes out of his hand with like .01 seconds left. So when we say buzzer beater, it is the ultimate definition 
of buzzer beater. Uh, apparently former uh, Tar Heel great Jeff Lebo was the man to drop the play. So I did like what I see, saw in the second half from this Carolina team. The first half was rough. I made a note. They just I made a note to myself. They just keep turning it over. They finished the game with 13 turnovers. I swear to God, 10 of them had to have been in the first half. Um, But I did like what I saw. Like I said, I liked what I saw. Felt like I saw some grit, some grind, some, you know, dig deep. They trailed as many as 14 in this game. When they took the lead late, they hadn't led since it was like 14 to 12 early in the game within like the first six minutes. So they trailed for just about the middle, like 30, I think. So I was happy with what I saw. They they controlled the ball better. They moved the ball better. In the first half, they were throwing these entry passes like on terrible angles, like trying to throw entry pass down to the post from like the top of the key. Like you got to create that angle. Just dumb turnovers. They weren't going anywhere with the ball, and then all of a sudden they're turned around. It's like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Then the second half, they look different. They look fluid. They look smoother. So it was it was promising. There's a I, I, there's a little promise. Now, let's not get out of control. I still think they've got flaws. I've got more optimism than I'd had recently, but there's still flaws. They shot twenty one percent from three. Part of the reason this team made that run they made last year was they got really hot from three. R.J. Davis, Caleb Love were filling it. They had Brady Manick. I'm going to be nicer to Pete Nance, but he's a step down from Brady Manick. And those guys were all just knocking down threes. 21% ain't going to get it done. They are getting... Now... Another positive. Armando Baycott has been, I think, battling a shoulder injury. He had a great game. 28 and 15. Great game. Played well. Got off to a slow start, too. I don't think he scored his first uh, bucket. He made a foul shot. I mean, he scored them very close. I think it was eight or nine minutes into the game. Don't quote me on that, but it was a bit into the game before he scored an actual field goal. But the problem. Three dudes score all of their points, and it just keeps happening. 28 for Baycott, 22 for Love, 21 for R.J. Davis. Quick math tells me that's 71. That means they only got 18 points from the rest of the team. I think it was like 7 and 7. Yeah, it was 8 and 7 from Nance and Leaky Black. And then they got 3 points. 3 points from the bench. The bench only took four shots, two of which were Puff Johnson. One was Trimble, and somebody else took one. The bench only took four shots. They took one shot every 10 minutes. So, you know, there's that. Uh, Michigan on Wednesday, another big game. This one's going to be at home. That one was in uh, Madison Square Garden against Ohio State. Made a lot of uh, Hubert Davis going back to Madison Square Garden. He played for the Knicks when he played in the NBA. Michigan at home. 
on Wednesday, and then they are off until Friday, December 30th over Christmas when the ACC schedule starts in full. A couple of other good college basketball games. Uh, Kansas over Indiana with an 84-62 to win. Really kind of laying it on them. Just really just laying the wood, if you will. That was also Saturday. All these games were Saturday. Where else? Gonzaga with a big win. 100-90 over Alabama. They scored some points in that one, boy. Drew Timmy, 29-10-4. and And then this Brandon Miller for Alabama. He went for 36-6-1. Good playing there. Then Houston. Houston. The Cougars. They had jumped up to number one at one point in the year. They got a big win over number two and Previously undefeated Virginia, 69-61. to 61. So uh, Houston's pretty good, apparently. Virginia. I just can't get behind Virginia because they struggle to score the ball so much. 20-48 from 42%. 6-22 from 3. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I can't get behind them. I know they've won and stuff. But UCLA, good win over Kentucky. And then Arizona. Beats Tennessee in the nightcap, 75-70, all top 25 matchups. So it was a fun day of college basketball. We're getting to the uh, the point of the year where college basketball is going to dominate the Saturdays now. So not this Saturday, of course. But, you know, after the new year, we'll get uh, college basketball Saturdays, not college football Saturdays. So, all right, that's what I had for basketball this week. Okay, two things that we've been talking about recently that don't have much going on. Fights. College football, obviously there's a lot in college football going on. Just no good bowl games, really, until like after Christmas. So nothing catching my eye. If I throw a game on that I'm watching that's pretty good, I'll, I'll tell you about it, but really nothing's caught my eye. I've looked at the schedule. Not much. Not much speaking to me till after Christmas. I will say, I am checking the schedule every day because I'm in a, uh, I started a bowl pool. I'm in a bowl pool, picking against the spread. Your boy. Your main man, Ole Waltz, 8-2, come get some, leading the pool I'm in. Just want to make that known. 8-2, come get you some. 43 bowls, will I finish over 500? It's a hell of a question. It's a hell of a question. It's telling that I watch so little college football, especially of these teams. I watch some of the big teams. But these teams, I never watch them. And I'm eight and two, just fucking guessing. Like, coming up, I picked Toledo because Big Cat, at the start of COVID, played with Toledo in NCAA. Coach Duggs, Doug Duggerton. That's why I picked Toledo. That game hasn't happened yet. I picked Marshall because Matthew McConaughey was in the movie Marshall. They won 28 14 today, covered that 12 and a half spread. That's, that's the reason I'm making some of my picks. So it's. It's mind-blowing that I'm winning. Uh, Fights. I watched one fight of the UFC card on Saturday night. Drew Dober and Bobby Green. I just looked it up. It was awarded fight of the night, and holy shit, I I know why. It was awesome. Drew Dober with just an unreal little KO, little left hook right to the chin of Bobby Green, then pounced on him and started started to, to lay the wood, if you will. Quick ref stoppage. Quick ref stoppage, but better quick than a little late on those. He was just going to hammer fist from the uh, from the top and just drop the hammer down. And a little news, Ryan Garcia, 
of boxing fame, will not fight an interim fight in January before his fight against Tank Davis in April. Tank Davis still going through with his fight in January, and this is now just the first first little thing of this fight won't happen. So if this fight does not happen, we will look back on this moment and be like, oh, remember when Ryan Garcia decided to back out of his January fight in the middle of December? So keep your eyes on that one. I still don't think anything has officially been signed or if they've even picked a date officially for it. So just just keep your eyes on that one. We'll uh, we'll see if it makes makes it all the way. I hope it does, but I'm already I'm already casting doubts. Let's put it that way. No fights, no UFC till the new year, I believe. Nothing boxing wise. There's a uh, a fight New Year's Eve from from uh, Tokyo that I think has some decent fighters in it. Kazuto Ioka and Joshua Franco, junior bantamweight unification. Little guys, but I believe that should be a good fight. I mean, it's a two-belt unification, so it's not terrible. All right, that's all we got. A couple of passing thoughts never hurt anybody, did they? Never. No, I don't think so. I don't think they did, so let's give them to you. Old Walls, passing thoughts, coming your way. Second week in a row, we start off our passing thoughts on a little bit of a somber note. Uh, R.I.P. Mike Leach. I retweeted an absolute just goldmine of his greatest speeches, interviews. Just a really funny dude. Always had some interesting things. My favorite uh, speech by him ever was his response about somebody getting married and talking about how everyone's going to disagree with you and all the women are going to go crazy and they're going to ask for your opinion and then they're not actually going to want your opinion. That was my favorite. So RIP Mike Leach. Turns out scientists have achieved nuclear fusion breakthrough with a blast of 192 lasers. I don't know what that means at all. But uh, sounds cool. We'll probably turn it into a bomb or something. But hey, maybe you can give us some power. Who knows? <clears throat> All right. A, uh, I en- really enjoyed this that I saw. It's a uh, it's called the Roland Rumble. And the, la- the list of entrants is up for the Roland Rumble. Yes, Roland as in Limp Biscuit Roland. First. Ladies, second, fellas, three, the people that don't give a fuck, four, the lovers, five, the haters, six, for all the people that call themselves players, seven, hot mamas, eight, pimp daddies, nine, the people rolling up in caddies, ten, rockers, eleven, hip hoppers, twelve, everybody all over the world. Oh, God, I love that fucking song. And the uh, the Royal Rumble's right around the corner, so hopefully the, the Roland Rumble got you excited. Again, the order. Ladies, fellas, the people that don't give a fuck, to the lovers, to the haters, all the people that call themselves players, hot mamas, pimp daddies, and the people rolling up in caddies, to the rockers, hip-hoppers, everybody all over the world. Okay, all right. So, 
we've reached a point in the world where even Don Lemon is not woke enough for people. Don Lemon had to defend why men make more in sports than women. There was some sort of like little panel on CNN. And there's two women saying how they think women should make more money in sports. I'm uh, cool. Okay. And Don Lemon's trying to be like, well, you guys know why it is that men make more. He's like, because the sports make more money because more people watch them. And then at one point, he's some, some chick is like, no, their skills are better than the men. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. I love this argument. I was talking about, I think I talked about Boogie Cousins and Brittany Griner said she could beat him. And then, like, all the women were like, oh, yeah, I'd take Brittany Griner. And then Gino Orman was like, I would mortgage my house and bet it against them. Women just aren't better at sports. Also, women don't watch sports. Like, men watch sports. Men watch male sports. Women, on average, if you look at the numbers, you can find them anywhere. Don't watch sports. The NBA the NBA pays for the WNBA. The WNBA loses money. If the WNBA had to pay players out of their own earnings, the players would make, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think I read in an article once, I think the average salary in the WNBA, if they paid them out of their income, out of their operating budget, would be like $19,000. But the NBA pays for the WNBA. Also, the vaunted women's national soccer team, which is the best women's women's national, our U.S. women's soccer team is better than everybody else's. Because women in this country actually play soccer, so we, we're good at it. If men in this country played soccer, we'd be good at that too. But our women played a U15 team, U15 all-star team, and lost. And our men in this country don't even play soccer. <clears throat> women are paid less in sports because they bring in less money. That's all it is. Speaking of sports, this is a sports one. Bill Belichick one time put a guy in the Pro Bowl, I believe it was a punter, who played for the Colts, who were owned by Art Modell at the time. The Colts were once the Browns when Bill Belichick was there. And the Browns, he moved them in the middle of the night. No, 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 no. The Baltimore Colts moved to Indianapolis in the middle of the night. Where did the Browns go? I'm confused. It was Art Modell. Either way, don't quote me on who the teams were. Bill Belichick one time is so petty that he put a player on the Pro Bowl that played for Art Modell so that he had to pay him a million-dollar Pro Bowl bonus. That's how petty Bill Belichick is, and I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Yes, Art Modell owned the Cleveland Browns, who he moved to Baltimore to be the Ravens to replace the Colts, who left Baltimore to go to Indianapolis. The Baltimore Colts left in the middle of the night to go to Indianapolis, I'm pretty sure. Yes, and then he owned the Ravens from 96 to 04. 
Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Here's two. I'm just going to fucking go there. Why not? There was a, a trans all-star hockey game or something. like. Hang on. What's I took a picture of the tweet of what it was. You know me. Losing tweets. The NHL sponsored an all-trans draft tournament. And then the tweet goes on to say, ended tragically yet predictably with a woman suffering a concussion after and leaving the ice on a stretcher after a biological man body slammed her. Now, I watched the video. It wasn't so much a body slam. It was like a little shove. But the point is made that men are bigger and stronger and faster than women. And when the two of them, the groups, men and women, get put onto a equal playing field where they have to match up equally and there are no checks and balances, bad things are going to happen. Yes, I'm aware. There are outliers in women that are better at sports than most men. But on the average, men are bigger, men are stronger, men are just better at sports. We shouldn't be putting men and women on the same sports field. There was a whole, like, law to give women a playing field. It's called Title IX. Let them have their space. You don't need to bring them together. It's a bad idea. Speaking of people with bad ideas, where's this dumb idiot? Katie Porter, who's a representative from California, says that the terms groomer and pedophile allege that a person is a criminal somehow merely because of their sexual orientation and gender identity and laments that Twitter allowed groomer to reach 72 million users. First of all, if you're a pedophile, yes, you're a criminal. I don't care. I don't care. Pedophiles are awful. They're the worst. Fuck them. Also, the term groomer has gotten a lot of control, but what it really means is an adult who grooms a child for sexual acts. So fuck you on them too. Like, leave fucking children alone. How about that? And if you fucking defend a pedophile, fuck you too. Because you're a piece of shit too. <sighs> okay. I had my moments, people. There we go. There we go. There we go. Listen to, uh, let me let me get a swig, of, a swig of beer here. Take my, take a little deep breath. <sighs> What's hit your lips? Listen to the Kid Rock uh, Live Trucker Band. Live Trucker album. It is the, uh, what is Kid Rock's band's name? Twisted Brown Trucker. Yeah, so I listened to the Kid Rock Live Trucker album. Ooh, slaps. Kid Rock still slaps. Also, did that while I was driving. One of the other things I saw while driving was a man with a GPS suction cup to his window. Like a Tom Tom or a Garmin or whatever it was. Those things, haven't seen one of those in years. But apparently they're still out there in the world. Uh, other driving things. Google Maps is just like sending me on like the most efficient route now, like fuel efficient. I caught it the other day. I was driving back. I had a road trip for work. And I was like, man, wait a second. I thought I was going to be there like at a different time. I 
go back and look at the route. I'm going like on a route like 45 minutes longer, and it's like, this is the most fuel efficient. Like, bitch, get me there faster. Get me there faster. I don't care about fuel efficiency. Instagram has away messages now. Are we trying to bring back AOL? Instant Messenger? AIM? Can't do an Instagram. That was that was a moment in our lives that cannot be replicated. You should get points for checking out of hotels early. I'm not talking like nine o'clock early. I got a hotel because I got snowed in and I checked out at five because I was like, I'm getting up and I'm getting on the road. Boomer agrees. He's wine over. He's like, I'm early checkout points. If you get up and get out of your hotel at like five, you should get points. Uh, junior bacon cheeseburgers, those things from Wendy's, they still slap. You don't agree, Boomer? You don't think junior bacon cheeseburgers still slap? He, he must not. But they're three bucks now. Three bucks now. Tell you who makes a good goddamn burger. Culver's. They make a good burger. No? Still don't agree? You don't think Culver's makes a good burger either, buddy? Culver's makes a good burger. And uh, last thing here, Monday Night Football is coming back from break, so better get back over to it. People love talking to me at the bar. I don't know what it is. I don't know what energy I put off, but people love talking to me. Like I said, I was traveling for work last week. I'm at Texas Roadhouse having my dinner, having a drink. Next thing I know, I'm hearing all about this dude's three divorces and what he's been doing and how his life still lives in the house with him and how she still handles the checkbook and he keeps wondering why all this stuff starts costing extra all of a sudden. I'm like, buddy, I don't know why. I don't know why. Boomer doesn't know why either. Boomer is restless over there. He wants the game back on. So, yeah. All right. That's all I got this week. Let's go wrap this thing up. Closing time, everybody. It's time for you guys to go out to the places you will be from and share old Walt's house. No, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, sure, sure. I'm not getting that much. Thank you guys so much for another great week. Appreciate you guys hanging around and listening to the whole show if you made it this far. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, the appreciation is just, it, it, it's beyond words. So again, thank you guys so much. I, I appreciate it more than I can say. Be back next week. As always, I'm coming back. Episode 50. We did this 50 times. We're doing it 50 more and 50 more beyond that. And hey, in two more weeks, there's a t-shirt giveaway after episode 52. So don't forget. Don't forget. Get yourself entered in the t-shirt giveaway. Share the show and tag me in any social media. All right. That's all I got. Till next week. Peace. Peace.